What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What is up, Deuterinos, and welcome back to Rank 'em All, that collaborative podcast where a couple dudes sit around and we rank some of our favorite bands or artists and go through their entire discographies and figure out which albums truly are the best. Today we are rejoining uh, to uh, down our Metallica trek, and we've reached uh, kind of a it, 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 it's not it's not a fork in a road, but it's definitely it. it's definitely a bump. It's uh, bump. we have now blown a tire. And uh, we're, we are out here in the middle of nowhere with no... Dude, stop bringing Cliff up right now. Oh, my God. Uh, it's early in the show, right. dude. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean... But, yeah, grab the album as as a wreck. We, we definitely hit some black eyes coming into this record, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've wow. reached we've reached an anger. Uh, before we carry on, you guys can check us out on all pi- on all podcasting platforms. Just search Rank 'Em All, and uh, you can also check out the website Rank 'Em All Rocks. First time I can actually really say that at the beginning of an episode. Uh, you know, we got our own podcast feed and all that jazz. We're gonna be doing some other bands going along the line as well. Um, so, but guys, before we get there. Before we get there, we got some other stuff to rank. Before we get there, we got to go down the ranks and uh, and introduce ourselves. I'm Brando, and joining me, as always, is uh, the Podfather, Nate Phillips. Bro, how's it going? How's everybody doing on this fine recording day? <laughs> on this fine recording day, because all these episodes are not out yet. So it's like we started this; it was they, sunny. They are when they are. You know, it, it was sunny, air conditioned, and now it's like we're heading. You know, we we're. It's still the same year, and nothing has really changed too much. There's still a, sen- a sense of existential dread. So, um, yeah. also, also joining us here today is the one and only Doctor Dongo, Dick Tyner. Howdy, howdy, do. And last, but certainly not least, the one and only Surveyor, the Prospector of Doom. Maxim, <laughs> prospector of doom. Yeah, that, that's a new one. You're out there. Like- you're out there digging for doom. <laughs> <laughs> the doom digger. Doom. Instead of the great gold rush, it was the great doom rush. <laughs> I like the comic book series. It, I, I, it could know. be. It could be. And, and, and there you are in, in, in your full metal goodness. But you got to have the axe pick. Yes. <laughs> Of course, <laughs> the prospector of doom. So uh, we are going to be covering Saint Anger today, and uh, of course, there's all as always. I mean, there's no way that you could do any sort of review series about Metallica and not get here. <laughs> I mean, it's going to come around. It's going to come. Everybody has opinions on this, and uh, most of them are not good. But before we get there, we have two <laughs> extra ones that we're going to tackle. This is the first time. Now, okay, so the reason why we haven't done extra songs before is because we all lumped them into the kind of Garage Inc. bonus episode. Because I mean, they were all kind of sporadically done, and then they're all collectively put onto one uh, collective album, or you know, a, a, a big collaboration of like because you had new covers and a bunch of the old ones that were just slapped on there. Well, 
uh, for the very first time, Metallica did a song for a movie soundtrack for, Mi- for Mission Impossible 2 with Tom Cruise. And uh, they did a song called I Disappear. And so we're going to talk about that first. And this is this will not affect the album ranks at all. These are just independent song rankings just for fun because they kind of did it along the way. We will not be discussing the Ramones covers they did at this time. And the, and the, and the only reasoning is, one, uh, we didn't want to listen to any more stuff. And two... Too, it, we we only want to rank stuff that's easily accessible. So if it's on Apple or Spotify or something like that, you know, all these songs are they're all there. But the Ramon stuff, I can't find them uh, unless you go search on YouTube somewhere. They're pretty cool. It's just them in a the studio playing Ramon songs. I mean, it, it's it's pretty cool to listen to, but it's also nothing that's going to set the world on fire, all uh, as well. But I disappear, fellas. It's very important. Because it is before the band got into the next recording cycle. This this has to be some more leftovers from the load era. Just riffage. Like, just like we had with No Leaf Clover and Minus Human. This is also the very last song, anything, recording, that has Jason Newstead on it. So... I Disappear came out in like 2001. And, and I think they played it live at the Movie Awards. I remember when the song came out and I was hyped. It was the very first new Metallica song that had come out since I got into the band. It is a very simple song, but it's still pretty heavy and crunchy. So uh, we're gonna head. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna start with Nick. Would you? Had you have any thoughts about "I Disappear"? I liked it. Um, I think I might have liked it more than anything on "Saint Anger." Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the video was insane. Um, I was scared by James's goatee. Um, uh, but overall it was a good song yeah I liked it yeah how about you dick I liked it I I, I immediately uh, recognized the riff I had heard that riff like a million times before uh, but I had never heard this song Um, yeah it was a good song you know cool I can definitely hear the saint anger in it I could hear where it was going that's interesting the snare yeah. was, yeah. The snare was better. It, it was better mixed. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe if the Saint Anger snare was mixed better, it could have been salvaged. But we'll never know. Yeah, uh, I, I just want to correct. I, I want to correct myself. The song came out in two thousand. It wasn't two thousand one because Jason Newstead was gone by two thousand one. But I disappeared with this last thing. It, this is a pretty decent song. It's pretty simple. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. The the vocals, the lyrics are very simple. The guitars are very simple. The the, the solo is it, this is the most simple song, on, in this entire trek and this entire episode that we're going to be doing. And it's honestly one of the most pleasing to my ears. Nate, what are your thoughts about "I Disappear"? Uh, let's go to the notes. It says here I wrote punchy intro, still very load esque. We kind of talked about that. These are leftover songs, or at least ideas. Maybe they didn't have complete song at the time but they finally put two things together that they turned into i disappear uh the heavy verse riff is very angular which i love because kind of a callback to the old metallica days you got that kind of ride the lightning vibe even though it's not it's very very new metallica sounding i don't want to get people like all kind of confused minimal chorus is badass like there's not a lot happening in the chorus it's mostly a snare drum and just a wow 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 of the wah pedal behind a really strong vocal line that is very impactful. Um, 
awesome acoustic uh, guitar is buried in the mix. Again, if you're listening on the Zoom device, have a drink. Uh, uh, you will hear this amazing acoustic guitar in your ears. The bridge solo section is them really unleashing their old school when they just turn it up and just, you know, you know what exactly what I'm saying. And then uh, the acoustic um, is now chunky guitars, which is cool. Like they take the acoustic line that is in that chorus and turn it into the main chunk of that end part of the song and really, really punch it. The, the song, as I wrote, slaps. Uh, and I also want to mention before we get out of here today, I know we're very early in the show, but at some point today in this episode, we will have a special guest making an appearance on the show. And I'm very excited for that. I'll, I'll, I'll cue you guys in when that's happening. Awesome. Well, Nate, how many times has I Disappear been played live? I have to go to Metallica you songs. Give me did, 30 you seconds. You don't have it ready. You don't have I don't, it ready. I did, this is the All one right. I didn't get ready. For All right. Some well, then we're going to come back to you because we're going to circle back around to Nick. Do uh, you got a rank for this one, pal? 5.75. 5.75. And yep. Dick. Seven. Seven. I gave this song an eight. Uh, every time I hear it, it takes me right back to 2000. I'm like a little kid again, like, oh my god, new Metallica, this is great. <laughs> and it, it's always makes me want to. It's almost it has almost it almost has a very fuel aspect to me where it just makes me want to drive fast. But Nate, do you have the number and do you have a rank? I have the number. The number is 92 live performances, that, which wow. is actually a lot more than I expected. I kind of wish it was even more though, because it is a really good tune. Uh, and as far as rank, I'm going to just open up with some real truth here. Nick said something that is factual. I can, without question, looking over the notes. Oh, no, 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 no. Almost factual. Aside from one song, this is higher ranked than anything else on the entirety of St. Anger. This song for me is an 8.75. I love it. It gives me the nostalgic vibes really about this song. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, up next is the next release from the band-ish that came out before St. Anger. Of course, the band got together. Jason Newstead left the band, guys. He he said sayonara, and then the then the rest of the guys started sitting down with a therapist, Phil Toll, and started working out their issues. And in doing so, they ended up uh, renting out a space instead of their normal studio space. They ended up renting out a space in uh, in in San Francisco called the Presidio. And they started writing the songs there. And it was during this process that James left for rehab for his alcoholism. And uh, he was gone for almost a year? A full year during that time period. He was he was gone. And I think maybe he wasn't gone for Metallica for the whole year, but they didn't start working again for almost a whole year. Because he was gone for like probably seven months just for himself. And then at the very end of that, Portion started coming back and started dipping his toe back in with his band life. And really, if you want to be honest with you, if I want to be honest, I think James came back a completely different person. Uh, I, I feel like before that, anytime we saw him with anything Metallica related, there was a mask. There was a character of James Hetfield that he felt like he had to portray in order to not to subvert fan expectation. It was like a protection. It was like, you see this because this is who I am. Re meanwhile, after this aspect, he be I feel like he started to become more comfortable with who he was. Sure, there's still a bit of that frontman vibe, you know, when he's on stage. But, like, when you see him talk, like, during the Black Album or anything like that, he has a certain vibe about him, a certain character. 
Yeah. And then after post rehab, he's very vulnerable. Because if you watch the documentary, Some Kind of Monster, that documents that whole period and then the recording of St. Anger, it is very obvious. He is not comfortable with what he's doing. But, but anyways, to, to then rewind back, during that time when he was gone, it was just Lars and Kirk. They didn't have a band. They didn't have anything. It was Lars, Kirk, Bob, and Phil Toll just hanging out uh, and talking about what's going to happen. Are we even going to have a band? Are we going to do anything? And that's when the band got reached out by by Swizz Beats. They were doing like a big compilation, uh, rock, uh, metal, and hip-hop. And, uh, of course, the song also ended up on a uh, movie soundtrack, I believe, was it Biker Boys? Uh, it ended up on there. Well, the, the Metallica said, what the hell, let's do it. And they slapped together some stuff that had been recorded from the Presidio stuff. It wasn't specifically created for this, but they put a few things together. They put together a, a, a crunchy sound and riff and let Jaw Roll rap over it. And that song is called We Did It Again. And then James comes in with the chorus with something that has nothing to do with anything else that's talked about. Uh, I believe this. I believe the line is more than this. Never more the whipping boy. And, <laughs> and in one of the deleted scenes from some kind of monster, they actually Lars and Kirk try to convince Ja Rule to sing that part. He goes, "What if we did like a little thing where like you know he's been singing it, but what if you sang it kind of like a." You know, like a different play. And he goes, man, what's he saying? Like, never more the whipping boy. He goes, nah, man, I'm going to leave that to James. <laughs> but in the end, we got this very unique thing. I don't know if James would have been for it or against it at the time. We'll never know. But it did happen. It, it wasn't truly a big deal unless you were a Metallica fan. Because during this time, there was nothing. And then there was this like, hey, Metallica teamed up with these guys to do something. So, of course, if you were a big fan waiting for anything, you heard it. But did you hear it on the radio? No. No, this definitely uh, went under the radar. But we're going to go around the clock here. We're going to start with Nate this time. Do you have anything to say about We Did It Again? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my notes. And I didn't even spell what correctly. I spelled it W U T. What? All over case. It really is like I. Okay, listen. I knew this song because back in the day you showed it to me, and I and I mm -hmm. kind of vaguely remembered. But I have a different headspace on now. I'm like ranking these songs, thinking about the, you know, and. Okay, so there's some interesting stuff musically that happens. The riff is kind of cool, sure. Um. Ja Rule is maybe one of the worst rappers in the history of human existence. I think he is absolute shit and has no talent. And I don't know how he is famous. So um, as far as that is concerned, uh, I, I just, yeah, that's all I have for this. And I'm, I'm let's move on, please. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Nick did send us his video reaction. Maybe we'll try and, and, and get those and put them in somewhere. They're on the YouTube channel or in the video portion of this podcast, which you can find uh -huh. on the YouTube channel. But Nick, we'll go to you next. Uh, summarize your thoughts, if you could, please. Um, disjointed piece of shit. <laughs> but, uh, maybe it's just, maybe I wasn't, I need to listen to it on the Zoom, but fucking. <laughs> Fix was terrible. Like it would get real loud at parts, real quiet at parts. I'm like, what is? Uh, who did this? Who mixed this? 
um, in between thoughts of like, how am I going to make it through the rest of this song? Because it was a really rough four, four and a half minutes. Okay, so in, in, in your video response, you said, how high were they? High enough for James to be in rehab uh, would, be <laughs> the, would be the answer. <laughs> this is what did him in. This is. <laughs> they just don't want us to know. He's like, peace. I am out, guys. <laughs> I I can't do anymore. Meanwhile, there's if Lars's dad was begging them to delete that one. Delete that. <laughs> so hey, Nick, you said you might want to listen onto the Zoom, and I and I think maybe now is come, come on. Let's just come come in real quick. Hey, you guys, I want you guys to meet someone. Oh yeah, it's the Zoom, baby. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and all of its glory oh the screen shut off because it's a zoom but yeah i just wanted to share that with you <laughs> the screen shut off because it's a zoom it doesn't work <laughs> cool <laughs> uh, yeah i just thought a little show and tell on this episode bring the zoom on yeah. share it with y'all i i, I kind of thought it was just a figment of your imagination but <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting, right there, here, bro. he's sitting there with headphones on it's plugged into a potato he's like this sounds great <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, <laughs> I think putting headphones into a potato might be a better hour spent <laughs> Dick do you have any thoughts about we did it again Oh man! Well, one you said it. It, it was just it's slapped together. Mm-hmm. Like, and Nick said it. The mix is terrible. It's just all over the place. There's, but the riff is really cool. Yeah, no, I like the riff. The main riff. The verse the riff is awesome. Thing I have to say about that, like, I almost wonder what this song could have been had it been, you know, mixed better, and you know, James did the whole thing because Ja Rule. All I gotta say is jaw rule. All right, why why does this exist? (laughs) Dick, we'll start with you. Give me a rank. Uh, Four, four, and Nick. Four and a half. Four and a half, and Nate. I do have one final thought. The chorus of the song, or like the pre-chorus of the song, just when you thought it was over, just when you thought it was done. Yeah, that's how I felt about the song as they continued to loop back through time and time (laughs) and time again. So, anyways, I gave this song. And and this might be the official bar going as low as it goes. Two. Two. I also Awful. Gave, I also gave this <laughs> oh, also gave this a four. And I believe uh, that makes that the lowest <laughs> rank so, so far. We still have a whole album to get through. I'm not trying to <laughs> We have time. <laughs> cool. Now let's let's actually start the album. All right, so uh, Saint Anger was released on on June two thousand three. In fact, I do remember the album actually came out early because it got leaked under the internet. I do remember the day I got the album. We were going to go down on vacation, and um, we were going to be gone over the weekend or into the next week. And uh, I, I we were going to be coming back through after it came out, so I was going to pick it up on the way back. But we stopped on the way down, and I picked up my very first Metallica shirt that I'm not wearing. Uh, <laughs> It is. It was, it was the Ride of the Lightning shirt, and uh, while I was there, it was there. It was out, and I'm like, "What? It's out!" So I picked that sucker up, put that in my disc man, 
went down uh, towards St. Louis, went back there in the backseat of my parents' car, and this first song hit me with the the snare. <laughs> so let's just, before we truly start, there are two <laughs> things that we're going to address right away. And yes, two things okay. that two things that we're not going to continuously bring up as a this and that. We may just I mean, we can we can just by saying the fact that it is this is this has affected the score. But we can all agree, all four of us, throughout the entire album, the snare is a problem. Yes, the entire every single song. It sounds like the snare itself is actually undertuned. Like they started to get it to tighten and they just fucking gave up. <laughs> like Dick went in there and was the drum tech that day and just put his 30% in, you know, just tightened it a little bit. So that's good enough and walked away. It's uh, just really flat. What, to it me is, as a drummer. what it is, is it sounds like I was the drum tech. I was asked to go find, I was like, hey, we need a snare. Go get, go grab a snare real quick. I couldn't find one because I'm an idiot with drums. I actually is, <laughs> but just for the sake of the story. And I see a trash can. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Trash can go bang. Trash can go bang. The Blue Man Group does it. That should almost be the episode title. Trash can go bang. <laughs> so the next next key point here, guys, is that the mix sucks across the board. It is a very bad mix. Now, I understand what they were going for. I just don't think it was very well done. The, the idea is that the, the band was trying to find itself as far as find its character, find everything. So they pretty much said, let's hit the reset button. Let's not worry about trying to be anything that we were. Let's try to be just just jam and do something. So they wanted something very raw, very like like they didn't know what they were doing, and it, and it comes across very well uh, <laughs> in the final yeah. product. So they definitely succeeded. But if I could be honest with you, when they did the Ramones EP, they did it. They recorded it in the rehearsal space. They didn't really do separate tracks. They didn't clean it up. It was raw. It was punk, right? In the overall mix, does it sound bad? Yeah, but that was kind of the point. You know, as a bonus DVD for St. Anger, what they did is that they went into the rehearsal space and they played these songs. They just played them. And uh, some like the mix sounds better on some of those than it does on the final album. And I, the way I see it, just me personally, if they wanted that band is first starting off kind of vibe that, you know, not like not even the kill them all vibe, like more like the garage days vibe, just them. And you hear extra noises and you hear them like laugh or fart or burp in between the tracks. Just just extra. If they wanted that vibe, just do what they did for the DVD. And that's the album, honestly, because it would have because even the snare is still there, but it's in a room and they're recording it all. And it's kind of all, it's kind of buried a little bit more. It doesn't like tin you right in the ear as you're trying to listen to this. So those two things, snare and overall mix affect this album greatly. And the other issues uh, are on kind of a per song basis. But the very first song that slammed me right in the face when I first turned the CD on was frantic. It was one of the first singles. I think it was like the second single or something like that. And it is one of the music videos. Uh, it is one of the ones they play live uh, occasionally. Uh, Frantic was also the first song they played from the album at the Metallica or MTV Metallica Icon. 
uh, event that they did about a month before the album came out, and it was that that was your first snippet of what new Metallica was going to sound like. Uh, also, let's just say that Bob Rock plays bass on the album. He also is the producer, and the new uh, the the new bassist Rob Trio does not actually play on the album. He he toured, but he didn't join the band until they were pretty much done. Or a dumb with the writing, at least. He didn't actually play on the album. He just learned the songs and they, they went forward. They picked him for the Icon performance. Yeah, yeah. That's when they yeah. kind of finalized it, is that they were going to have to play. And uh, so, on one hand, that's that's okay, that's good because I could see him coming in and being, being very intimidated. Uh, being like, oh my god, I've got to come up with something or, or, or I have to do this right. But I could also see him like, I just got a million dollars to join the band. They paid me. And then they're like, all right. Here's the song and learn it and play this. And he's like, oh my God, this is your new shit. <laughs> this is Metallica. Calling <laughs> his yeah. friends back home. I don't know how long I'll be in this band because I don't know how long this band is going to be. <laughs> uh, but frantic, guys. Um, we'll go ahead and start with Nate on this one. Nate, do you have anything to say about frantic? Do what do the notes of destiny have to have to hold for us today? Overall, the notes on this entire album are much shorter. You covered the things that we're not going to talk about. So let's just dive into it. Chunky riffs, deep tuning. First two things I notice mm-hmm. for Frantic. They're they're chunky and deep in their tune. Tonally, they're different. Uh, the pre-verse is actually kind of banging. I like it. The distortion's cool. I love that they drop into the like melodic thing for Keep Searching, and this search goes on and all that right before Frantic. Uh, thematically hooking like i kind of dig that uh the outro is good it's chaos it's chaotic and it's chaotically good the song overall was pretty great i liked it all right and nick um first thing i wrote is it sounds weird (laughs) um not a huge fan of the vocals uh easily the worst opener um openers of the bangers um and it definitely like compared to the rest of the album like yes it's more it's closer to banger status than other songs but still not quite certifiable banger um and my last note was my search goes on for a better song (laughs) (laughs) all right dick Okay, so uh, I'd like to start out by saying I have implemented a rule for scoring this album. Uh, every song, because of the snare, gets an automatic two-point deduction. <laughs> so, but that that kind of introduces me to a problem because if I say an if I say a song is an eight, that technically means it's a ten, which there are no tens on this album. <laughs> so. Unless you're you, because you give tens to everything. I don't on this album. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was the most desperate uh, drunk sound I've ever heard you do. I don't on this album. (laughs) (laughs) No, Frantic, uh, again, two-point deduction. So, but it's, it's, it's definitely got, like, I don't know where to start with this song. It's one of my it's one of my better known songs. I've known this song for a while, mainly because it has been played. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the energy of it. I don't. It, it does seem a bit chaotic at times, though. Uh, I got I got nothing. 
for this one. Do you have a rank? I have a rank. Yeah, I'm going to go. It's it's one of the better songs on the album, given my shitty description of it. Uh, I'll give it a seven. Seven. And Nick? Five. Five. And Nate? Eight. Eight. I gave this song a seven. It's all right. It's all right. You know, uh, I like some of the vibe. It's I like the crunch, but it's also it's a bit up and down. Weird. And also the vocals, uh, and one thing to say about the vocals is this is the first album where James relinquished control and everybody got to submit vocals. And so there's some stuff here from Kirk. You know, my lifestyle determines my death style. The rising tides, he's really into surfing at the time. <laughs> so he put that in there. I remember in that documentary, there's actually a scene where the therapist <laughs> hands James a post-it note with some lyric ideas on it. And they don't mention it during the movie, but if you look at Kirk sitting next to him and his face is like so pissed, like how dare he? Who is this guy? If you guys, if you guys have copies of the movie, watch the movie with the commentary on because Metallica does a commentary track and it's hysterical. As this is like, I mean, they've only watched the movie a couple times, so this is like like they were on a tour bus watching this thing and they were remembering like, oh, I remember this and like watch my face and you just see him all pissed. I watched it Friday night. Good shit. It it, it, honestly, um, I don't think anybody should listen to this album without watching that movie because you, you you might not like this album but you have somewhat of an appreciation for it at least because of some kind of monster you kind of see where they're coming from a little bit more you know yeah. uh, like especially when you hear the songs that didn't make the album <laughs> then you're a little bit more thankful um <laughs> like 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 especially because there's a scene with uh cliff bernstein their manager and yeah. he brought them in to, and they're gonna play what they have and it just it's kind of quick clip together but you see they kind of just show a clip where he's like kind of like looking around the room at some point but we, but like the first couple of songs were like the heavier like this I was at saint anger and and uh like I don't know frantic or or, or sweet amber and they had his attention they 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 had his attention because it was heavy and like wow aggressive and then the other stuff was just kind of weird and he goes well fuck balance just make the whole album like this if you're going to if this is the mode you guys are in you guys need to get this energy out you know, whether or not, you know, it's pleasing to the ear, that doesn't matter. You guys need this out, you know. And so with that is the first single and music video off of the album. The music video was filmed at San Quentin Prison. And as a thank you, they actually went and played a whole show for the for the inmates there um, after this. And it was for the title track, St. Anger. And uh, thematically, I like this song. I get it. It's like a healthy way to release anger. Um, but to summarize my thoughts on it, uh, I like some of the lyric callbacks. That's kind of cool. You know, fuck it all and no regrets. That's a Damage Incorporated uh, lyric callback. And then I, I hit the lights on these dark, you know, hit the lights. So pretty cool that they're doing that. But the song is long and I feel like it gets repetitive when it doesn't need to, I feel like it, I feel like, cause the song's like seven minutes long or something like that. And I That's feel a like great version of this whole album. Yeah, that, that, yes. There's, you're going to hear me say that a couple different times in this album, that this song would be better if it was more concise. Um, cause I like the riffs here for the most part. And I like how it, like it slows down for the verses 
Even but and the but the but the part about the verses I don't like is that it's so repetitive in the lyrics. Like there's not enough variance. Um, there's that cover that I sent to the group chat, uh, that that Gershak cover of this song, and he actually changes a couple of the lyrics around to make it not as just him saying the same thing over and over, you know. And I, I, I that actually caught me off guard, and and I actually like that. But overall, I used to like this song more, and when, the, when I hear it back, the length of it deters me. So we're gonna go over to uh, Nick next. What do you think about Saint Anger? Um, let's see. The intro sounded like clustered. If that's the right word. Um, I loved it when the vocals kicked in, though. Um, I like the chorus. Um, and I wrote that the flush it out vocals are just silly. Right? Flush know. it out. Just flush it out. Just <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> okay, guys. Um, but overall, yeah, it's one of the better songs on the album. Let me just say uh, that the absence of Newstead's backing vocals are, 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 are they're definitely missing here. Um, I, I know that we we talked about there was some talk about whether in like whether you like his stage presence or not. His kind of he kind of has a bark to his vocals, but quite literally, if you listen to Kirk sing backing vocals for Frantic, I'm going back to Frantic just for a second with the "You Live It or Lie It," he, the dude sounds like. Like Kermit the Frog trying to sing, trying to sing metal. You live it or lie it. You live it or lie it. It sounds so fucking weird <laughs> and, and out of place. And then the you flush it out. You flush it out. You know, like there's some of that here too. Uh, Dick, we'll go to you next. What do you guys say about Saint Anger? Uh, I'm with you. I used to love this song, <laughs> like back in like when I first started listening to Metallica because that was when I first heard it mm-hmm. uh, as time went on especially recently like it just doesn't stick with me quite as well as it used to uh, however I mean it is again one of the stronger points on the album thankfully it's at the beginning and you didn't you haven't lost interest yet um, it's just the that 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 beginning is it's like okay what what's got what's about to happen and then mud <laughs> Like it's super muddy mix coming in at coming right at you, and then James's vocals are fairly fucking good on this song. Um, other than that, I got nothing. Nate, what do you got, bud? Um, this song started off with more chonk. That's that sound that Dick doesn't like, but it's the chonk. That's the sound they committed to on the album, and it's going to be there. Lars goes off though at the beginning of this song, like that drumming. He is going hard in the paint that's not stock drumming if you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) uh the slow zen transition into the verse is done with brilliant intent because it's a build-up a wall of sound to literally take it completely away and crush it into nothing and make you listen to what's being said even though i agree with you brando i think the vocal lyrically in the verses are very bland um I do like the style. I, I, I wrote also talking about the callbacks of both Damage Inc. and Hit the Lights there. The chorus has a nice jam. The bass is hard to find until the verses, and then it's in there, and, and, and Bob Rock is shining, I guess you could say, if you want to call that shining, but it's Bob putting it in his 30%, I guess. Anyways, the song is thrashy. It's about the thrashiest I think they get on this album. And then at the end, I wrote, Set My Anger Free. Ah! 
because he he says that one time free ya and i i liked it but anyways yeah that's my that's my notes yeah. Now, I, I will encourage, as I said, go check out that cover from Gershak. They actually did, uh, the song sounds so much more tighter, and they actually did, they they trimmed some of the fat on, on the song, so uh, that kind of solves my issue with it. I gave this song a six. Nate, would you give this one? I like this song slightly better than Saying Anger, and I, I, that Saint reflects Anger. on my score. I, or not, uh, Frantic, Frantic. I like this song more than Frantic, my fault. Uh, and I that reflects in my score. I gave it an eight point two five. Eight point two five, and we'll go to Dick next. Seven and a half. Seven and a half, and Nick. Five and a half. Five and a half. You know, and so far, what what is going on is kind of what I thought would happen for this rank. Uh, I I felt like that Nick was going to be the most harsh. I felt like <laughs> uh, Dick was going to be the the next harshest or least harshest. I was going to be kind of like below uh, Dick a little bit. And Nate was going to be the most uh, least harsh. <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. It's getting ready to change completely here in the next few minutes. Do not worry. Just because it started beautifully does not mean the ride ends well. Uh, yeah, if you thought I was before. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's funny, uh, Nick, is that you said when, oh, like in your reaction video to we to we did it again. You're like. It's almost like they wanted St. Anger to sound like this. And honestly, I think the album would have been better if it would have just sounded like the We Did It Again stuff. Even though it was uh, erratic and kind of jumbled, I feel like it was more together and it sounded more pleasing to the ear than what we get. It's like, it's like they wanted they wanted to dip their toe into the new metal kind of sound. Mm-hmm. It, I, I think I wrote it in my notes somewhere. Like, There's a couple of times where they like... It doesn't sound new metal, but you can tell it, it feels like they're wanting to. And then I heard we did it again. I'm like, this is ex- this is what they wanted to do, and they just didn't have any more than this. The next track is some kind of monster, uh, and it is a long boy. And that is, I love aspects about this song. This song's got a killer riff. Uh, I like the idea. The thematically of building a monster, kind of like a Frankenstein monster, and uh, but overall, I feel like there is just some parts of this that just drag on to drag on, and that's my initial thoughts. But uh, we'll go with Dick first. What do you think about some kind of monster? Oh boy, um, I absolutely love the main riff. Like that riff is so heavy and it, despite its simplicity, it's just so heavy and so cool. Uh, and then as, as the song progresses on and gets thrashier, the drums just, mm, I don't like them. I, I don't like what Lars is doing in that, in that those thrashy sections. Cause it's just, again, without bringing up the mix, but I'm going to bring out the, bring up the mix. It's just mixed so bad that like, those drums like completely clutter up the whole goddamn song. So yeah. If you guys can hear my kids, uh, I do apologize. This is a little bit of different recording space for me. I can hear my kid over there wooing. He's either crying. (laughs) He's either crying and upset or he's wooing like Ric Flair. And I can't tell which. (laughs) So, uh, no Dick, I, I do agree with you. Uh, Lars likes his drums to be higher up in the mix anyway. He likes that. I mean, and you're definitely going to hear that on the next album too. Um, No, I won't because it blows my speakers out. (laughs) (laughs) 
not going to have another chance. Brandon just had to do a dad check. I saw that. He was like, one second, folks. Let me dad check. And back <laughs> well, to normal. Again, I can't tell if he's actually laughing or crying because it's hard <laughs> to tell. No. Um, <sighs> we were on dick. Let's go to Nick next. What do you think about some kind of monster? Uh, overall, it was decent. Um, I like the intro. The verse vocals were weird. Um, if this is the sound of silence, no more. I'll take the silence. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh um i said the best part of the song was the last three seconds <laughs> oh god i forgot to mention that that's so weird like it, what was that i was excited i'm like oh try- oh no never mind <laughs> i i i don't understand what it is like and they don't explain it in some kind of monster at all like the actual movie <laughs> no <laughs> I, like, I didn't even get a like, like th- just showing them doing a bunch of weird shit on film, and then be like, "Hey, let's put that on a song." <laughs> didn't even get that. So, uh, Nate, over to you, bud. Immediate headbanger. Uh, I I like the riff. The riff is cool. Uh, the drums might be tonally bad, but Lars is killing it. I mean, the 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 things he's doing are great. It's just muddled and shit, and that's unfortunate. Uh, it does keep your head bobbing. You keep kind of. I also wrote, "What the hell are these lyrics? Seriously, <laughs> yeah. what?" Well, I. I uh, anyways, um, the drum breakaway during "We the People" is cool, where it's like, like it just like kicks into that. Also, "We the People." Just want to throw that out there. Uh, the song is definitely longer than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And my final notes, you guys, I'm so excited to say these notes. This is what it says. Frog voice chant question mark. Ominous. I aim in us. What? <laughs> Ominous. I'm in us. <laughs> well, I wrote, I aim in us. <laughs> Cause that's what I thought it said. Are you trying I to say they're fucking us. themselves in this song? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's what they're aiming. They, they are their own monster. Um, now one thing that I wanted to get to, uh, and we're going to get that uh, is that I like the little part where there's a quasi lead guitar part, where, but it's not because it's it could, because because it's lower on it's lower on the neck, but it's hot, but it's lower in tone. The wow, 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 wow. It's almost like they were toying with an idea and never really did anything with it. Um, there is a mix of this song or uh, a a single mix that's like five minutes and 30 seconds. It really chops the song down. Uh, Bob kind of mixed it a little bit differently. I don't, I think it does sound a tad better, but the one big problem when you have a song of this length is that when he did the cuts and edits to shorten the song, sometimes the transitions aren't as smooth because it almost sounds like they have riffs that are transitional riffs. They just had riffs and you, you know, they've had this issue back on like injustice for all. Where they're like, we have riffs, and we have riffs, and we have more riffs. Like, what about here? Can we put a riff here? What about this riff? I have this riff. I want to use this riff. But James, riff is, sandwich. But does this riff need to be? You know, he has riff master on his tattooed, on his knuckles, or or no riff life or whatever. And is this like, um, yeah, no, he's got riffs. <sighs> Nate, you got a rank, bud. 7.25 and you know what we've already fucked up this episode because I've not been telling you guys any I'm gonna get, of the I'm uh, gonna get back to it I'm gonna get back to it after we rank this one okay 
So we'll go sure. to Dick. Seven point two five. Me? Yeah, you. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Me. All right, and Nick. Five. Five. I gave this song a six. It's aight. I wish it was shorter. Now let's rewind. How many times has Frantic been played live, Nate? One hundred and ninety-two times live. And Saint Anger. 183 times live. Yeah, those are the two most played songs from the album. And Some Kind of Monster. Less than you think. Way less than you think. And they're, oh my gosh, this is an interesting fact. There are only three performances of Some Kind of Monster ever. Wow. All of them take place in the Midwest. Two out of the three take place in Illinois. One takes place in Indiana. One time in Chicago, one time in Fort Wayne, and one time in Peoria. Over wow. the course of three days in August, they decided in 2004 to play that song. Hmm. I almost went to one of those shows. That was the Summer Sanitarium, 04? Yep. I wanted to go to that yep. pretty bad. Yes, sir. All right. So now we're going on to a song called Dirty Window. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <sighs> what an intro. <laughs> I like. I like the idea. I'm judge and I'm jury and I'm execution. I like that. Um, I don't really like anything else about the song. <laughs> I don't. All right, so we're just going to go uh, – to start this one, we'll go to um, – we'll go to Nate. Nate, do you have anything for Dirty Window? Fast and grooving, slow breakdowns, uh, back to a blasting beat is cool. Uh, I do dig the guitar tones in this song. It does have a haunting evil breakdown. Uh, weird I, I, I outro. I don't know what that means, but I wrote it I the letter – E-Y-E, the word, and then I, the letter again, oh, so oh, I'm not sure. That's the part where they're going, I, I, oh, yeah. I breathe in the voice <laughs> of denial. <laughs> yes, it's strange. It's a strange out outro. Um, yeah, yeah. But I did like the judge, jury, and executioner two line. It is one of my favorite parts about that song. Yeah. That's my only favorite part about that song. But go to we'll And let me give you the number because it's going to surprise okay. you, okay. way surprise you. All right. 31 live performances. That's 31 too many. <laughs> did, they, did people ask for their money back? Oh. Just for that song? It's like, can I get like a prorated ticket refund? <laughs> All right. You so give we... me like 83 cents on the minute? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the song. It was bad. All right. We'll so go to. We'll go to we'll we'll go to uh, since Dick was talking. We'll go to him next. Uh, do you have anything to say other, other than bad? Sucks. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, any, uh, any other adjectives here? Terrible. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, so is this a four? This is definitely a four. Oh, the I I really fucking hate the look out my window and see it's gone wrong. Court is in session. And I slam my gavel down. <laughs> God damn it, James! I love the part where he's like, uh, "This house is clean, baby. This house is clean. This house is clean." This song, this song is what spawned Lulu. 
<laughs> this song. No, this song isn't nearly long enough. Um, it, it had way more lyrical content than most of Lulu as well. It did. <laughs> this, house is, Lulu. this house is clean inside, dirty on the out. <laughs> Nick, you got anything? Um, I like it when it slows down about a minute and a half in. Um, and then I've got ah ha 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 because I think he does this really ridiculous scream part <laughs> in the middle. Down, <laughs> yep, yep. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh uh, yeah. I don't need any more of this. All right. Uh, then we'll go ahead and dance. You know, you will start back up with Nick. What was your rank on Dirty Window? 4.75. 4.75. Dick? Four. Four. Going hard with that. Nope. No. No. <laughs> Nate? It's a 6.25. There are parts of the song that I do catch myself enjoying. This song's a four for me as well. Uh, nope. No. No. The next song, uh, it's another <laughs> long one. Invisible Kid. Uh, I like the groove to this song. This song's got a little bit more of a groove to it, but I think it suffers from the same problem as some kind of monster. It's long to be long. I feel like... They could have got their point across and shaved like two minutes from this song. Would it have been a great song? No. But would it have been a better song for it? Yes. So that's my opinion. We'll go ahead and hit up uh, Dick next. I don't mind this song. Like it's, <laughs> it, The mix is definitely improved by, the, by this point. Uh, it's almost like they just like, and I guarantee this is exactly what they did. Like they just recorded stuff. And we're like, all right, that's it. And and every song is just like progressively getting slightly better, except for they took a turn at Dirty Window. But um, like, did they? Why? Like, were you trying to write a bad album? <laughs> okay, we won't get it. Let's see if we can do it. Let's see if we can do it. <laughs> like, look, guys, we're, uh, look, we're never gonna live up to Master Puppets, Justice, Black Album. Okay, we just need to hit the reset button and set the bar so low that anything we do after this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take and they're like, let's take a cue from our buddy Mustaine. Look at what Risk did for their careers. Let's jump up after that. Hey, I, I like that idea. Like, we're just gonna start over and give them this giant turn and stuff from there. Uh, this isn't a bad song. It's just, it's got a, it's got. I like the riff. The da 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 da. I like that. Uh, it's it's definitely a fun song. Uh, all I can think of when I hear this song is that scene. I mean, because it, it's playing in the background of some kind of monster. That scene with where they're introducing Rob Trujillo, and he's just jumping around in his apartment, just doing like exercises and stuff, and he's going nuts to it. He's bouncing like, on I, his bed with his bass. He's <laughs> like, "I just got, I just got into Metallica. I just got into Metallica." <laughs> no, okay, he's but, thinking, "I just made a million dollars." That too. That's the first <laughs> thing he's probably. I just became a millionaire. Holy shit, Bob! What I also like is that when they're bringing Rob into the band and they're negotiating his share of profits and voting power within the band and the management and lawyers are like giving Rob like 1.3% and something like that. And, and James is like, what? No, he's, he's a member of the fucking band. Like he gets, we all get 25. 
And if there's a tie, Q prime management is the tiebreaker for any major decisions. And also, they said anything that Metallica has done before won't financially affect Rob. So if this movie's a flop, if this album's a flop, it won't it won't affect you. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I I am so glad to hear that. <laughs> but but Invisible Kid, who's next? We will go to Nick next. Um, cool intro. Um, but the vocals, the moment they come in, they just throw cold water on the whole situation. Um, verses are awful. Um, the quiet vocals are awesome. Um, my final note was that this is the the biggest mixed bag of the whole album. Like I wanted really bad to like this song, but they just couldn't hold on to the good parts long enough before jumping back into a bad part. So Visible Kid sent me for for probably my last ride of the album before I just go into a deep hole of despair. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Nate, what do you got, bud? Uh, I'm not sure who actually wrote the bass intro because it's really good, and I don't know if Bob Rock should get credit for that if he actually wrote it or if like Kirk came up with it and then they had him play it or what that is. But it's really cool right out the gates. I love how the drums bleed into that heavy groove. The riff verse falls so flat, just utterly boring. Love the lyrics, however. I think that it is a super slow, like slow down in the album, and the album needed a spot here where it was quick punchy and they made the song too long. So those are my notes. And uh, for my rank, we going to give it a six. It's a six for now. Six. How many times has it been played live? I have that pulled up. Give me one second. My world now. No. Oh, Invisible kid. Invisible kid. Invisible kid. Sorry. My world's next. Has Eight. never been played live. So the only time that this song was ever played by the band was during the DVD. Uh, portion of the album because they all played it yep. they, they, they played it in, in the studio so that's the only time that song's ever been played by the band interesting so that's interesting and, also that what's that nick i said if that doesn't tell you I, <laughs> right I, but, but what is cool is that at least with the dvd them playing the songs on the album for the dvd in the studio at least they did play the song live unlike some other songs from like the load era where they're like yeah we never played where the wild things are we just we've never played it. Um, interestingly enough, I'm not sure um, if if you guys if all you guys know this. So they just uh, this is going to date when we recorded this, but recently they just did that pay per view for their All Within My Hands um, uh, charity, where they did half of an acoustic set and half an electric set, and um, and, it, and, it, and it was like 15 bucks to get, so I got it and watched it just you know because I'm a, you know hey something to do on a Saturday night right, and they played. Are you ready for this? Wasting my hate. What? During the middle. Oh, that's awesome. They said, here's a song we haven't played in 56 years. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, it's going to be like something from like, uh, you know, like some like maybe it's no remorse or something from like Kill Em All. And it's like starting with that little groovy little dun, 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 dun. I'm like, no way. And it, you know what? Here's the thing is and not to just sidetrack too much on St. Anger, but. That song is never a huge let's jam this. I mean, it kind of is for me due to memories. But that song, anytime I hear that song live, it's going to get a pop for me. And it, dude, and it kicked. It actually did. Like, it sounded crunchy. Just thought that was really cool. Um, Moving on with Invisible Kid. (laughs) Nate, you gave a rank. 
And we'll we'll go ahead and go to Dick for his rank. Six and a half. Six and a half. And Nick? Five and a half. Five and a half. And I gave that song a five. No, no, wait. I wrote down 55 for Nick. You do not like it that much. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Nope. He really loves it. He overloves it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> this big sleeper, guys. We're <laughs> why is everybody trashing anyway? You now the next song is "My World." Uh, wow. Yeah. Let's just do it. Let's get it over with. All right. <laughs> Welcome, motherfuckers. Here it comes. Yeah. It's my world now. Um. No, I got no real solid memories of this. See, and and, and the problem is, is that. It, in every single one of these songs, somewhere, there's there's a good riff somewhere, you know. If, 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 if just about every single one, even my least favorite song on the album has a good riff. It's just, I don't really think it's well put together. But we'll go ahead and we'll start with Nick on this one. My only note is that the lyrics are stupid. <laughs> lyrics are stupid. Stupid, uh, just fucking dumb. All right, and Nate. <laughs> God damn it! That was just fucking dumb. God damn it! Uh, I, I do think it's a jamming little tune, but I hate the chorus. I hate the. I I don't know if it's ironic or where he, but putting suck it in in a song like that, like James. I, I know you do it for uh, for memory remains live and all that jazz, but this moment it, it does not fit. It does not vibe for me. James let this bad song out of his head. That's literally in my notes. I wrote he let a bad song out of his head. The heavy jam does save the song for me, and I do like the singular line in the vocals. God, it feels like it only rains on me. I really do like that part. Um, they kind of go overboard there in the amount of times they say it and mm-hmm. the amount of different ways they try to inflect it with the feels and all that shit. But, um, yeah, I'm not that a fan. That is the best part Never of the song. Never been performed live. Never been performed live? No. Th- no, see, sir. And I couldn't remember if it was if that was this song or if it was Shoot Me Again, so I was looking it up with, with the lyrics. And I do like the not only do I not know the, the answer when he whispers it and then he comes back and it shouts, I don't even know what the question is. Um, and also he doesn't say apparently to, uh, according to the lyrics, he doesn't say suck it. You see, he he says sucka, like Booker, really? like Booker <laughs> T. Sucker, can you dig it? Sucker, tell me, tell me, you did what you just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Him. <laughs> no, okay, so yeah. I, I I I do like the whisper and the God it feels. I like that part. But the the very end of the song, enough's enough, enough's enough, enough's enough, enough's enough, enough's enough, enough's enough. Yeah, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. Unplug it. Damn, we just had some mad wrestling references we come did. in. We did. Well, oh, and hard droppage. Yep. Little book of tea sucker. <laughs> Dick, what do you got for <laughs> this one, bud? Uh, this is another one of my least favorites on the album. Um, however, I'm looking at the lyrics because this is my first time actually like reading the lyrics, and it's like there are, there's a lot of dumb ones. Uh, I really like this one that just popped out to me. It's like, who's in charge of my head today? Dancing devils and angels way. I like that. 
Um, other than that, like the only thing I really remember of this song is um, the chorus, the "It's My World Now," and there's just so many layers of just chaos of that exact line, just over and over, repeated over and over again, and it's just like this is stupid. <laughs> like it's just not good. Yeah. So. All right, yeah. then. Uh, we'll start with you, Dick. Give me your rank. Let's just. We're gonna go with a four. That's a no from him, Nick. Yeah. Also four. Four. And Nate. Gave it a six and a half. Six and a half. I gave it a five. Uh, yeah. Shoot me again is the next track. Shoot me again. I ain't dead yet. I ain't dead yet. So thematically, thematically, the lyrics in this song kind of are about like. Uh, all the shots I take, I spit back at you. It's it's about the criticism that that the band was getting for standing up to Napster, because uh, I mean they are the most high profile artist to get shit for standing up to Napster. Napster, but it was also like Dr. Dre and Madonna, a few other big people were getting were standing up to Napster, saying you cannot share our music for free, you know. Uh, and and we have we've gone through the entire discography now without talking about that little chapter of the band. And if I remember correctly, what really set it off was that there was a leaked version of I Disappear that came out before they were done with it. So Correct. And somehow a radio station got a hold of it and somebody told Lars, I didn't realize that that, that you guys were done with that yet. He goes, We're not. And he's like, uh, I heard it on the radio. So they looked into it and it originated on the on the on the file sharing. With Napster, and then they found out their entire catalog is there for free. Anybody who wants it, and the band is like, uh, "That's not the way the music industry works." Uh, you know, we're at least supposed to get paid for our work. Um, and Lars has even come out and said after that, he's like, "Look, I don't give a shit if you share it, if you let your buddy borrow it and burn it. That's fine. You just wait until the shit is out. You know, before you guys start doing that shit. It's like, because you're not going to stop it." You're not going to stop it entirely, but it, but but he was like he like he even had like they went to went, went went so far that his legal team had the usernames of all the people who downloaded their shit, and people thought that was a kind of attack on the fans. Uh, whereas he was just saying, "We know who did it. We it was all associated with this app or this website or this program that allows you to share MP3s for free, and you know we deserve to be compensated." at least so much for our work. So the, so thematically shoot me again was the, you know, uh, the band is getting hit heavy by fans saying, fuck you. They're, 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 you know, running their CDs over with the, with the uh, steamroller. It's almost like the Beatles when the Beatles came out and then uh, John Lennon said, we're, we're bigger than Jesus, you know? And then all the Christian Beatles fans are like burning their Beatles albums and shit, you know, because they're sacrilege. So, all right, so who cares? <laughs> But, I mean, it, it, it was that kind of vibe where the fans kind of turned on him, and it was like, you know what, no matter what, all the shots we take, we're going to spit them right back, and we're going to come back hard because we care about our art and our music. And I can tell you, and I'm not going to lie, and, and I know people listen to this, everybody has done it at some point and downloaded something off the internet that is for free. We you wouldn't download a car. Uh, I mean, I, if I could 3D print a car... You wouldn't download that spaghetti dinner. Dude, it... it if I had that Star Trek, uh, like, uh, it's not a vaporizer, but the little, like, like, the materializer, and I can get authentic, materialized spaghetti dinner without doing the work, I would. 
Yeah, it, I guess so. it might not be healthy for you because I mean, I mean, what's in it? But uh, face no. food. <laughs> no, but that's the that's where we are with Shoot Me Again. There's actually a really cool riff in Shoot Me Again that I like. It's the uh, one of the times where he says, "All the shots I take, I spit back at you." But the riff is like dun 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 dun. It's got yes. Spit back at you. It's not all good, but as I said, there's riffs in this entire album that are really cool. Um, we'll shoot it over to Dick next. What do you think about Shoot Me Again? This is th- this song just really makes me feel like they just had a bunch of shit and they were just throwing it at the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ended up being one of them. But uh, uh, that being said, it's like it's it's not the worst song. It's just. I, it just doesn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely like that it's it's about the whole Napster controversy, or so we think, and uh, it's about that's about it. Well, what I like is that they wrote about it, but made it uh, to where it can mean more than that. Super ambiguous. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, and, and like James is usually good at that with the lyrics anyway, where it it. Hit for him, it's about something, but for it can mean something else, something different for everybody else. So, uh, we'll go to Nick next. What you got it for? Shoot me again. My only note is that it's uh, silliness. That's all I wrote. Is that it's just silly? Um, yeah, it didn't stick out to me at all. It's kind of cool that you know what you're saying about Napster. I get maybe I'll listen to it again and like it a little more in that light, but uh yeah, it, it did not stick out to me remotely. Are you going to listen to it again though? You know? I'm going to have to shoot myself again. <laughs> I'm not, not going to listen to it again. You know, Spoiler. I, another thing that I do like and it's just I don't know why I like it, but it's just the way James says when the song strips back and it's just him like the way it, it just the the attitude in his voice is that shoot me yeah. again I ain't dead yet <laughs> he gets uh, <laughs> he gets that register way down uh, I do like that but Nate last but not least man what do you got literally the only thing you said Brando the all you, the shots you take part with that riff is awesome it's like one of my favorite parts of the song I literally wrote much too long because mm-hmm. the song itself is too long. And wake the sleeping giant because they were waking up from, yeah, they were waking up from their slumber of kind of, you know, malaise of drugs and alcohol use. And and it's kind of, again, the dual linguistics of how he says things, talking about the media and everybody waking them up from their slumber because, you know, they're being called out and it's kind of like you're pissing off this giant that could come at you and rip your throat. I look, I look to Eminem when I think about that. Like anytime he gets, you know, sidetracked by some media based shit, he comes back with, you know, shots at them. So I, I really do like the lyrics in that part of the song. Uh, never been played live. No real surprise there. My rank is five. Rank is five. How many times played live? Did you, I, I was looking at something else. Was that zero? Null. Never. Zero. All right. So five, I gave it a six. We'll go to Dick next. Rank. What was it? Five. Five as well. And Nick. I also gave it a five. Five. So, the next song on the album is one of my sleepers. I love this song. Uh, My rank doesn't really fully appreciate that. So, this next song is Sweet Amber. And it is thematically 
about James' battle with alcohol. Uh, it, it is, and 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 some of the way that the lyrics are are written is you know using what I want to get what you want. You know, it, it's almost kind of like the duality of the person who's fighting with addiction using the other part of the of the mind and the consciousness that is not like that. And, um, when she holds my hand and I lie to get a smile. I like that line a lot. There's a lot of repetitiveness in this song as well, and maybe that kind of holds it back a little bit for me. There's another line that is, chase the rabbit, fetch the stick. She rolls me over until I'm sick. She deals in habits, deals in pain. I run away, but I'm back again. So it's like, no matter what you do, it's like, you know, like, man, I got, man, God, I got to knock this shit off. But then it's like, well, here I am again. Yeah, drink it up. <laughs> you know, because you do find comfort uh, within that, especially someone who is truly, truly addicted and it's having bad effects on their relationships and family. I got a kid over there that's like banging on my door. <laughs> Let me in. Um, she holds the pen that spells the end. She traces me and draws me in. Um, but then there was a uh, there there was a line for the very beginning that is actually in that documentary, where like the radio stations wanted them to do some sort of promotional thing, and the band is like, why why should we do this? And they're like, because they will boycott your your next single and and they won't play it. Like really? Even if like yeah. You know, and so the whole line is like, what, you know, watch your back so you won't stab mine. Instead of watch your back, so you, you know, watch your back and watch mine, you know, we're in this together. No, it's like, no, you do this for me and I won't fuck you over. And so they, you know, he was able to make that uh, work within the, the thematics of this song. But I love a lot. So lyrically, <clears throat> number one, it, it, it really, wow, okay, this is weird. As I looked over, the about section on Google when I typed in Sweet Amber lyrics so I could just be reminded of what, what spots really li- uh, th- that I liked. The genres for this album. Do you know what the genre for this album is? Mm-mm. There are two. There are two. Number one is metal. Number two is groove metal. Oh. Okay. I, I'm not sure where they're getting that. <laughs> okay. I don't hear much groove in this album. <laughs> But, nope. But I really dig Sweet Amber. It, it's one of my uh, one of my favorites on the album. I feel like it is one of the songs that it is a little bit more pleasing to the ear than the last six songs we've heard. Uh, there was also a guitar solo that got nixed that was originally in the mix of this song, and it and they took it out. So we're gonna we're we're gonna just punt it over to Nate. Nate, what do you got for Sweet Amber? Uh, soft blues intro uh, into the thrashy heavy gym is cool. They, they cut loose in the song. Lyrically, it's pretty. I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of bouncing around with the, 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 the almost the uh, master puppets theme of pulling you by a string to get things done in a certain manner. Uh, the song has some tribal parts to it that I really, really like that the, the, there's like a tribal transition that gets the head bobbing a little bit overall. This is one of those songs that I won't skip, but it's not a song I've ever like actively seeked. Like, oh, I got a fucking jam, sweet Amber. Um, yeah. And it's actually been performed 
one time live September 4th, 2004, Lubbock, Texas. Hmm. That's cool. You got a rank for me on that one? We'll just go ahead and get that while we're here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sweet Amber, 5.5. 5.5. We're going to head over to Nick for his thoughts. Um, the only note I have is that I like the riff at four minutes. I don't even remember the riff. So it sucks that it's, and I made a note of liking it and it wasn't even memorable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> damn. Uh, I give it a 4.5. 4.5. And Dick. I don't hate this song. I don't love it. I don't really have any problems with it. It's there. Uh, yeah. That's all I got for this one. Rank. <laughs> I'm going to go with five. Five. I gave it a seven. I really do like the song, but it truly is never as sweet as it seems. So, <laughs> um, that Nick was listening that Nick likes is like, I just went on the soon and listened. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Here, folks. Live Zoom listening. Oh, yeah, I did it. I had to know. Wow. That sounds like a riff I'd like. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It, it is a good, it totally stands out. If it would have been the intro to the song, I was like, fucking sweet. Cause I just started it from there. I was like, oh, yeah. That was a cool part. Um, Canary Nicole on this album. <laughs> the next song is The Unnamed Feeling. It was also a uh, a single. And they actually did a video for it as well. It is my favorite track on the album. Uh, it does. I feel like it could be shortened by just a tad. But overall, I, it's the closest that this album gets to like a ballad. I think thematically it's kind of a ballad. But I, I actually do like the heaviness on this song as well. Uh, but next we'll go to... We'll, we'll go to Dick next. And do you have any things on Unnamed Feeling? I'm with you. This is probably my favorite track on the album, uh, which I didn't even realize it was a single. Uh, I like I like the video for it too. Um, I love the lyrics. I love I love the all the buildup it has, mm -hmm. and it just this is probably the most cohesive song on this on it, this fucking. Album. It truly is. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a little long. Long, but you know, it doesn't. It, it's one of those, it's a long song, but it's not like some kind of monster where it just mm -hmm. drags out. It's not like Saint Anger where it just drags out. No, there's, I would say it's long as I, like until it sleeps. It's long, like bleeding me. Like you, you, there's something there the entire time that makes you want to stay. So awesome. I'm going to give this song a 7.9. 7.9. I, I can give it an 8. All right. Well, you know, because you rule. Nick's right? face just then was amazing. He was like, 7.9? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, let's go right to Nick. Nick, what do you got to say about the unnamed feeling? Um, I particularly like the intro. Um, and it was another mixed bag for me. Um, I think it's my second or third highest ranked song. Uh, so I definitely liked it. But, uh, you know, I only gave it a 5.75, so... Yeah, that, uh, well, that is actually <laughs> your highest. Is it? Yeah, yeah, you got a couple 5.5s. But I just want to say real quick, one of the things I really like, like there's a couple different things that I like here uh, uh, lyrically. I like the, uh, cross my heart, hope not to die, swallow evil, ride the sky, I lose myself in a crowded room, 
you fool, you'll f-. like. There's a lot of things that like somewhere in these lyrics, you can almost find something that like man, you like. You can kind of feel a little bit like man, I've kind of like been there, like like at some point, you know, like emotionally. Um, the only the only part of the song that doesn't uh, I, and and I okay so. He's done this a couple times on the album. James has, where like he goes overboard on the scream and the angst, and I get why thematically it fits with everything else that they're doing. It doesn't necessarily mean that I like the way it sounds, because it's the near the end of the song where he's like, "Get the fuck out of here! I just wanna get the fuck." He overstresses his voice quite a few times on this album. And it's like, I like the lines, I rage, I glaze, I hurt, I hate. I want to hate it all. I, I like that part. But it's just that whole part where he's just like, he's up and down with his with his vocals. And he's like, I again, I get the I get why they went there because it fits with the tone. But it, it definitely doesn't fit with the tone of this song. All the like, and, and maybe it's just me. But next we'll go to Nate. What are your thoughts and rank? Uh, this is definitely the dark horse on the album. It sets a dark tone and atmosphere. Uh, I'm going to jump in my notes a little bit because I want to pull that last bit at the end and talk about it. I think that the riffs are building tension throughout the song and, 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 and then the vocals pull into that tension even more. The guitar work in the chorus is beautiful. The acoustic guitar that's playing throughout the choruses. I wait for this train toes over the line as like hands down one of my favorite lines in the song. The heavy chorus into the bridge is amazing. Uh, the song jams while being unsettling. Now, the thing I skipped in my notes is something that I want to talk to you guys about because it's something that I, I might be the only human on earth that thinks this way. And maybe you guys will go and, and take some time out of your, your next couple months to do this. But go watch the Butterfly Effect movie, you know, Ashton Kutcher. It used to be my favorite movie. And then I want you to, as soon as you're finished watching that movie, re-listen to this song and tell me that they are not the fucking same story. It is the craziest mind-bending thing without being the exact same thing. And obviously they're two totally different creations. They meld together so brilliantly that it, it, it kind of fu- has fucked me up literally since I saw the movie in 2004, whenever it came out. Yeah. <laughs> And my uh oh, hold on, hold on, not not the rank, but yeah, live performances seventeen, nice. But it has not ever been performed outside of the Saint Anger era, meaning they stopped playing it in two thousand four. Okay. And what's your rank on that? Nine point two five. It is my highest ranked on the album by far. Nine point two five. I gave this song an eight. I actually really liked, you know, like the chorus the song slows down into the, like the picking part where it's like, it's not completely clean, but the, but, but the whole band kind of lays back and like, like uh, for the unnamed feeling, it comes alive. It treats me this way. Wait, you know, but I love at the end when, after they do the whole little, that the whole little, like, and then the band kicks into the wow 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 and they come in and they do the chorus heavy. That always gets me. Yeah. To revisit. I love, I love that whispering part at the beginning, that been here before part. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, I mean, mixed with the like that low E fucking pinch harmonic they're doing. 
been here before is also lines up with the butterfly effect story of him going yeah. back and yeah. trying to change. That's, like, that's so cool that you mentioned that. Like, I it's, it's really that. weird. And not to mention, like, it's again, butterfly effect used to be one of my favorite movies to watch. And like, I want to do this now. <laughs> you got to tell me you, what, what you think when you're done. But uh, yeah. All right. The next, did song. we just finish that one up? Yes, we did. Yeah. It's all ranked and we're ready to move on to purify you and I. Oh, God damn it. I forgot how to do this one. Oh. That says anything about my ranking. <laughs> is there, is there, is, does anybody have anything good to say about this song? I have one singular then line. Then we're going to start with Nate. We're going to start with Nate. What do you got to say about Purify? Lyrics are chosen with dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> In hand, thrown to a wall. Yeah. Oh. What stock? Oh. Okay, cool. Stock. Oh my god! When the, when the vocals kick in, it just sounds like a mess. It's oh my gosh! This is my least favorite Metallica song of all time. We have got there, guys. Least favorite. Like the only th- reason why this song gets any points is because they recorded something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they hit record and made noise. <laughs> it got like the effort here was less than the effort that Blaine has ever made doing anything. Maybe I'm being too critical. <laughs> However, it just like it, the lyrics are so dis fucking jointed. I I I got to look them up now because there's a part in here that I just like. There's nothing here that is worth listening. Like there's a riff. They couldn't possibly have tried less. <laughs> possibly. Um, truth in dare, peeling back the skin, acid wash, ghost white, ultra clean, wannabe skeleton, clear eyes, diamond eyes, strip the past of mine, my sweet turpentine. Purify. <laughs> Thank you for that amazing acapella rendition of the second verse of Purify. For hating the song so much, you know it. You fucking know it. My brain hurts from hearing it again. Yeah, we're Metallica fans, so it's bore in there, I think. I can find the dirt on anything. I can't. I can find the dirt on anything. I ain't dancing with your skeletons. I ain't dancing with what might have been. No. No. Oh, I would right. have uh, put temptation on here instead of purify. <laughs> <laughs> My God, no! I mean, this is seriously back in the day. Okay. In the wise words, Lars's dad. <laughs> Delete that. No, I think that what they, I, I think they deleted the wrong one. I think in the movie they they played this. He said, "I'd say delete that," and they're like, "Oh no, 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 no!" He meant the he meant the temptation or the or the the whatever the astral the chant answer. thing. Uh, yeah. No, just, like even back in the day when I heard this, uh, I remember a, a friend of mine saying, oh, that song's awesome. And I looked at him like, like literally he was rotting away in front of my eyes. Like it was so much <laughs> disgust. Like it, this made me question whether or not I was still a Metallica fan. This made me question the entire, all the other songs I listened to. Uh, I, I got to that point. <laughs> Have they been tricking me the whole time? You know, there was a while there that I forgot the like. I took it off of like when I made a playlist. I I didn't even put it on there. It sounds like you need the cure. I it, I do need the fucking cure because that song is better than this one. I gave this song a two. 
You're you're clearly choking on the bad seed. This is a fucking bad seed, Nate. What's your what's your notes say? No, literally, lyrics are chosen with dartboard. I give it a two point seven five. Two point seven five. Well, you liked it just a tad bit more than me. How many times has this been played live? It is zero. No, that never. No, no. stop it. No, <laughs> stop. Sure. <laughs> There's not enough good weed on earth to get them to play this shit song <laughs> live. You know, they could give their entire audience the best weed on earth and play it, and they'd still be like, no, man, stop. Dick. No. Dick. Two. Two. And Nick. I gave it 3.5. Liberal with your rating, you are. <laughs> wow. Feeling pretty good today, Nick. Oh, you that much. Look, okay, now look. I'm not going to do it now. Maybe for the wrap-up finale, we're going to go through. Once we're done ranking everything, and we're going to find the song that Nick rated higher than everybody else. So far, this is the one that I think is going <laughs> to gonna say that he liked it better <laughs> than everybody. <laughs> He's, he, I'll go back through and listen to all the fours again, and then I'll, and then I'll rank it, and I'll be like, all right. These are all the worst. Now let's decide what's the worst of the worst. <laughs> there we go. There you go. I'll do, I'll do a rank them like, and rank all the worst songs. But we made it to the last track on the album, All Within My Hands. This song is uh, thematically about uh, James' relationship with Jason Newstead. Uh, now, granted, it's also the way that he just approached relationships in general, where it he was abandoned essentially like like not literally but his mom died young his 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 dad was a bit despondent so his brother kind of helped raise him and the only thing that he knew how to love something was to smother it and it's like squeeze you so tight that you're that you get uncomfortable and want to go but but that's the like the exact opposite of what he's trying to achieve because when jason left ultimately it was because he was not allowed to go and take his side project to the next level of actually being a touring band and having merch and having an album and all that stuff. And James wasn't cool with it. And it was because of his own insecurity. He was afraid that because Jason didn't have enough creative output in Metallica, he would like that better. He didn't want Jason to leave. He loved Jason. But it, ultimately, it was that that inability for him to go do that. That, with, that and also with like Metallica saying, we need to go work on our feelings. <laughs> Newstead's like, out, guys. I'm leaving. I'm yep. feeling like playing this bass. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> uh, but All Within My Hands should be the best song on the album. Should be. It should be, but it's not. Uh, it, it goes on way too long, and it, it, it's, it gets very awkward. I do I do like the song, but use, I don't usually finish it. Let's put it that way. So... Uh, we'll go to Nick next. Do you have anything for All Within My Hands? I like the intro. That's about it. All right. And Dick. I like this song. Uh, I'm not particularly a fan of James's vocals, again, because I think he's just overstretching. He, it's like he went into the song with his voice blown uh, for a lot of it, and, or at least a lot of like the um, the, the yelling like belting parts. Um, I really like the lyrics. I love the riff. Uh, this is, again, another one of the more cohesive songs on the album. And Nate. Okay. Uh, 
I think the song is heavy and fast. I like the sludgy pre-verse. It's simple, but the fast guitar is cool in the verse. Uh, the heavy and punchy choruses are great. Um, what the fuck is that word? Undeniable groove. That's the word I wrote. Uh, vocal and harmonies are nice. And one of my favorite things in the entire song is hands. And then boom, it explodes in this very loud sound. So it's like the whisper hands and then it punches. Uh, I gave the song an 8.5 uh, and it has been played seven times total. Uh, four of which have happened in the last two years. Now, they have completely redone the song for uh, like acoustically. And uh, it, it has completely changed um, the overall feeling of the song. I, I think what I mean by that is like thematically it's still the same song. But I feel like the redo of the song, the it's 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 so much it fits so much better. And I would I would like for them to do an acoustic version for almost every song on this album. <laughs> because Just of, to see if it sticks. Well, be, because of how well all of my hands came off. It really did. Uh him sitting there, James, I and, and working out how to make this song more pliable, more playable, and easier on the ears. It, it, it worked, and we're gonna get there eventually because they played it for the S and M two album. But uh, we rank S and M three in a few years, and Brandon's like, "You guys, I can't even believe I have to fucking say this, but the acoustic version of Purify is my favorite song of all time <laughs> by Metallica." He <laughs> would just be so stunned, like fucking killer. All right, so I gave you gave it an eight point five. It has been played yeah. how many times? Seven. Seven. Okay, so uh, I gave it a 7.5. Dick, what'd you give all within my hands? I'll give it a six and a half. Six and a half. And Nick? Five. And five. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it. We have ranked St. Anger. Good. We are done. We made it. We have survived. Brando's average album rank is 5.77. Nate's average is 6.65. Ah, one point of a point away from 6.66 god damn it yeah dick is 5.65 and nick is 4.86 with an average master rank of 5.74 the highest ranked song on the album is the unnamed feeling at 7.72 and the lowest is purify with 2.2 Six that takes the cake because that has officially made it lo- the lowest ranked song that we have done so far. Followed by "We Did It Again," which we're we're done. We're not thinking it's over, and it's not. We're we're we are safe, man. We're not doing it again. Yeah, no, nope. no. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for uh, suffering through that with me. Uh, I- <laughs> Uh, it, it definitely, it definitely was a trip to re-listen to the album. I remember when it first came out, I was just so hungry for it. I, I loved it. Uh, but I think we've all been there at some point. Like we're just so hungry for something new that when we first hear it, we think we like it more than we do. I don't hate it. Like, like, like Dick said, if you're going to listen to the album, watch the movie. I remember Nate and I, we actually went into the theaters and saw some kind of monster when it came out at the East Side 10 Theater. Yeah, Way Lafayette. In, yeah, we came over to Lafayette. We we, we we sat in a theater and watched the entire thing. We loved it. It is still one of my favorite documentaries of this day. I think oh, it really, it's really, sure. huh? 
for sure. Yeah, no, it it, it gives me a, a greater appreciation for it. And I will say this. I can't just turn on St. Anger. I have to kind of be in a mood for it. Sometimes there'll be a weird time where one of these songs will just come up randomly and I won't skip and it and it'll bang, you know. It, sometimes it's one of my favorite songs. Another one, another time in my like I remember one time some kind of monster came on and I jammed to the whole thing and I'm like, man, this is better than I thought. And then when I went to go rank it, I'm like, no, no, it ain't. But <laughs> but, but you know what? Uh, definitely everybody has an opinion on the album. Go check it out. I I think someone's trying to tear down my house uh, currently. I'm not sure if you guys are hearing it on the microphone, but I'm sure. But I'm pretty sure there is a giant lumberjack in the next room with an axe, and he's just like, "Nope, this house is now salvage." Um, so with that being said, I think <laughs> we got scrapping it for wood. Yeah, uh, sister, scrapping it. We've got to wrap it here again. Thank you guys for joining uh, joining us here today to listen to us. Talk about St. Anger. Please go listen and rank it yourself. We'd love to hear what you've got to say about this album and all the albums. Of course, if, if you are following along and, and you know what album is coming next, please join us on the next episode as, as we listen to uh, Death Magnetic. But until then, of course, for Nate Phillips, Nick Maxson, Dick Tyner, I have been Brando. And just when you thought it was over, shoot me again. I ain't dead yet. We're coming at you with Death Magnetic next week, guys. Have a good one. Until next time, rock on. Adios.